0: Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. So there's a movie called The Truman Show, and in this movie, Jim Carrey plays a character who, unbeknownst to him, he has, he has been living his whole life in a, a reality show, basically. From infancy on, he all his parents, his friends, his teachers, everyone else is an actor, and he is growing up in this world that has been manufactured for him. And As the story progresses, the the filmmakers have to work harder and harder to keep Jim Carrey's character from realizing that he's he's in this man-made world. And one way we see this is when he goes to school and his teacher starts talking about geography and the world. And she pulls on this map and shows all these places. And of course, Jim Carrey wants to be an explorer, he says. And there's this moment in in the scene with the teacher where where she kind of pulls up the map all of a sudden and says, well, you can't be an explorer because there's really nothing left to explore. In other words, she says, everyone's already found everything, nothing left to see. You may as well give up and not be an explorer. And as, as funny as that story may sound, I think that maybe a lot of us can relate to that in different ways in our lives. Maybe we look around the world and and there's this sense in some ways, like Tom talked about last week, that we view death and it helps to give us a perspective, to not stay still, to, to move, to live in light of eternity, to act. But there's another lie that can creep into our minds when we think about death. And sometimes it's this lie of panic that maybe it's too late. Maybe there's not enough time. Maybe somebody else has already done the thing or explored or accomplished what I never could and it's just too late for me. Maybe you feel like me sometimes. I know um, not everyone knows this, but I never finished college. And there's a lot of times lately where I think, I would love to finish college. I would love to, to pursue a degree that would really matter to me. But then I think about how long it would take me to get there. And then I start comparing myself to all the people, much younger people, who have already done that, who've, who've gotten their degree, and they are set. And I feel like it's just too late. I'm too far behind and you may feel like me somehow. You may feel like maybe you're someone too who wants to pursue a nursing degree or uh, maybe, maybe it's um, a goal or a dream that you have. Maybe even it's a relationship that, you know, has been estranged in your life and you want to repair that. You want to build that relationship, but you know it's going to take so much time and you're just afraid that for you, it's too late. There's not enough time. So there's a man named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that you have probably heard of, and he wrote a poem called A Psalm of Life. And his poem, I think, gives us a little bit of perspective on this tension between letting death be a catalyst to help us to act, but also not letting it create a panic and keep us from living out of fear that we're too far behind. And so I wanted to share this poem with you that he actually wrote shortly after the death of his first wife. And as I was researching about this, it, it says he was uh, had a conversation with a friend shortly before he wrote this, and they were really just talking about what does it mean to live well with the time that we have? And so I want to share that poem with you today. A Psalm of Life by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Tell me not in mournful numbers, life is but an empty dream. For the soul is dead that slumbers and things are not what they seem. Life is real, life is earnest and the grave is not its goal. Dust thou art to dust returnest, was not spoken of the soul. Not enjoyment and not sorrow, is our destined end or way, but to act that each tomorrow find us farther than today. Art is long and time is fleeting, and our hearts though stout and brave, still like muffled drums are beating, funeral marches to the grave. In this world's broad field of battle, in the bivouac of life, be not like dumb driven cattle, be a hero in the strife. Trust no future, how pleasant. Let the dead past bury its dead. Act, act in the living present. Heart within and God or head. Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime. And departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. Footprints that perhaps another traveling o'er life's solemn main a forlorn and shipwrecked brother seeing shall take heart again. Let us then be up and doing, with a heart for any fate, still achieving, still pursuing, learn to labor and to wait. Well, I have loved that poem since I first heard it when I was a teenager, and uh, I think one thing that I love about it is that it's so perfect for this series because it talks about what Tom mentioned last week that the grave is not our goal; that we live in light of eternity because we are we are made for more than just this life, um, and so I, I love that reminder in this in this poem um, that you know, dust thou art to dust returnest was not spoken of the soul. There's this part of us uh, that is eternal and everything that we do matters for eternity. So we live in light of that. Um, and, and this poem brings up that theme of acting while it's today, living in light of, of what we can do today. So it says, act, act in the living present uh, there's this real sense in which we can only live and act in the present. We, we can try to, to run ahead to the future and we can worry about that or we can get stuck in the past. But really, God says, you've been given today and that is what you have to work with. And so we need to make the most of, of today instead of worrying about the future or or living too much in the past um, And this this poem also brings up, again, this area of tension that I talked about before. You may have noticed this phrase. He says, art is long and time is fleeting. What does that mean? So I looked this up this week and um, Longfellow was probably referring to a phrase used by Hippocrates. And that phrase was that um, the art is long, life is brief. And it's this idea that the art, the, the thing that we're pursuing, whether it's um, um, learning or understanding or that college degree or that um, pursuing a worthwhile goal, those things often take time. They take, um, intentional, uh, take us intentionally pursuing something over time. And yet we can feel like life is brief. Life is fleeting. And there's not enough time, we feel, to get the things done that we really want to do. So it reminds me of this story of a man. uh, He's an older man, and I'm going to let you decide how old he is because, you know, old is relative, I think. But this guy is an older guy, and he wants to learn how to play violin. And so he goes to this violinist, and he says, can you teach me to play violin? And the teacher says, yes, absolutely. I can teach you, but it's going to take you four years to really learn how to play well. And this man sits and thinks and says, yeah, but I'm, I'm already an old man. If I take four years to learn violin, I'm going to be that much older. And, and I don't, I don't know that I want to wait that long to learn how to play. And the teacher wisely says, well, in four years, you can either know how to play violin or you can be four years older and not know how to play. But either way, you're going to be four years older. And I think it's a challenge for all of us as we, we live with this mentality of what if I don't have enough time? What if what if I, you know, start this this um, degree or start this goal or start this pursuit of a relationship and then I don't have enough time to finish it? And we can let that be something that's a barrier that keeps us from living. And yet, I believe what this poem is trying to say and what the, the teacher in this story was trying to say is... You have to take today, do what you can with today and let God take care of the outcome. And there's a part in this poem that says um, that we we will be up and doing with a heart for any fate. And I love that part of the poem especially because I feel like it talks about this idea that We are responsible for what we do, but ultimately God is responsible for the outcome of our lives. And so we give him this offering. We give him what we can do, but it is his to create change with. It is his to do with what he wants. And sometimes we have to realize that the story is so much bigger than what we can see or realize. So I don't know what your story is, and I don't know exactly what you may be feeling right now. Maybe you're someone who, you know, came to know God later in your life, and you wish you had all those years back so that you could live for God in, in ways that you did not, as you know, in your during your life. Um, maybe you're someone that, you know, you you've known God for a while, but you have felt selfish recently you felt like you've been living for yourself or you've spent years and and something that you wanted to do didn't turn out the way you thought it would and now you're sitting here wondering well what do I do now I feel like I failed I feel like there's not enough time for me Uh, maybe again like you're someone like me who thinks man I I think God might have more for me to do but I, I just don't know maybe it's too late or maybe you're someone who just feels weary. You know, you've, you've tried. You've tried following God. You've tried doing all these things. And now you're sitting here thinking, I don't see that anything has changed. I, I don't know that I can see the fruit of what God's doing through me. And now it just feels like, why try? Why bother? It's too late. And to you, I would say that God is never finished working in your story. God always wants us to give him this surrender and this offering of today because he can always do far more than we could imagine through our lives. And if you look through the Bible, you're going to see that there are so many people who were far older than they should have been in our, in our minds, and our human um, understanding. We think that person was too old to be used by God. That person was too old uh, to be useful to the story. And God has a way of using the people that the world looks at as too old or too young or too whatever. And God precisely works in those stories and through their lives. And there's a a verse in Galatians 6, 9 that tells us this. Do not grow weary in doing good because if you do not give up, you're going to reap a harvest at the proper time. And this, this verse is a reminder along with that poem that, that there is a time and a place for everything, that God has has orchestrated our lives and he is using every daily surrender to build a harvest. And the beautiful thing about the harvest is we may, we may plant, we may water those seeds, we may weed the garden, but ultimately the mystery of the harvest is something that God has to produce. We rest in him. And the end of that poem talks about this idea that we we learn to labor and to wait we labor and do what we can do, do what is within our power, but then we also rest in a sovereign God who holds the end and the outcome in his hands. And we learn to wait and rest on what he's doing, even if we start today and we don't know where we're going to end up. Even if we aren't sure we can finish, we believe that God is doing something purposeful through our surrender and through our yes today. So my challenge to all of us would be, let us then be up and doing with a heart for any fate, still achieving, still pursuing, learn to labor and to wait. You. maybe you're sitting in your seat, and you're like, I'm arguing with her a little bit in my head, because um, there's this there's this tension, right? There's a tension between what I'm talking about, and I, I alluded to it a little bit in this message, this tension between um, knowing that God wants us to act and pursue, and I talked about that challenge, like, right? you know, let us then be up and doing, um, and we're, we're achieving, we're pursuing, we're laboring. And there's a line right between feeling like we're supposed to go, 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 and do, 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 and also realizing that it doesn't depend on us, and learning to rest. And there's a tension that I want to talk a little bit more about today. Um, Maybe you this week are feeling a little bit weary. I definitely have been in a place, especially earlier last week, where I was just... Struggling, Really wrestling. And to be honest, when I would hear a message like this, where someone says, go and do and, and live in the moment and trust that you have to act in today, there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe I'm just too weary to do anything today. Maybe I'm just not okay enough to actually live for God the way that I'm supposed to. And maybe for you that makes you feel even more behind. Maybe you feel a little bit like um, I have. I have a kid um, recently who, in the morning, sometimes I'm trying to get them ready for school, and I'm like, "Okay, you've got five minutes till the bus comes. You gotta go, go, go." And when I say that, sometimes this kid gets anxious and is like, "No, no, I can't. Okay, I don't have enough time. I can never do it. There's no way I can. I could possibly." I, I... And then he flops in the bed, and there's no movement. <laughs> and I have found that sometimes if I stop and I say, "You know what?" You're okay. You're okay. Because you know what? You have time. And even if you miss the bus, I could take you to school. Even if you can't get ready in time, you're going to be okay. And you know, the funny thing is sometimes when I say that, ironically, this kid is like, oh, okay, oh, I'm good. And then, you know, they brush the teeth, they get the clothes on, they're out the door in time for the bus. And sometimes I think that we are like, my kid. And sometimes we need this reminder that there is space to breathe and that we are okay right now and that God is looking at us and he does not need us to do something to earn our approval from him or to earn our worth. He does not need us to check off a to-do list in order to be seen and loved by him. And maybe today you just need a reminder that yes, yes, God wants us to make our lives count, but he also wants you to be in His presence and know that there is space to breathe and be with Him. There's a song that I used to play on Caleb a lot uh, by Plum, and if I'm honest, it kind of annoyed me a little bit, and maybe maybe more than annoyed me, maybe a little bit sad. Um, the song is "Lord, I'm Ready Now," and the words go, "Lord, I'm ready now. All the walls are down. Time is running out, and I want to make this count." Right? That kind of echoes what we're talking about here in this series. And then she says, I ran away from you, and I did what I wanted to, but I don't want to let you down. What I bring you down? And that line, I don't want to let you down, it always it always messes me a little bit, because it kind of goes along with this lie we sometimes believe that, man, I'm just going to be disappointing God, and if I can't get my act together, and if I'm feeling depressed, and I'm feeling weary, and I'm feeling overwhelmed, then now not only do I feel bad because I'm in that place, but also I feel like I'm letting God down and I feel like I'm behind. And maybe as I'm saying this, you're like, feeling that like panic really right? Like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get to a place where I can be who God wants me to be? And man, if I can't be who God wants me to be, then I've got to like fix myself first. And it can lend itself again to making us feel like we are so far behind. But I don't believe that our motivation for serving or following God or acting in the present is to try to not let God down. Because God chose you before you chose him. And God loved you before you said yes to him. He sees you and he loves you just as you are. There is space. And you know what? If you miss the bus, he'll drive you to school. It's going to be okay. Okay. There's a verse, you know, we talk about, um, I shared the verse about not becoming weary and doing good. And I do believe that God doesn't want us to grow weary, but I but I also think it's interesting that there's another verse in the Bible that actually says we will grow weary. So what does that mean? If God says, don't become weary, and then he says, but you're also going to be weary. And so I want to read from Isaiah 40, really quick. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 says this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I believe that what God wants us to know is not that we'll never become weary. Becoming weary and, and feeling depressed and feeling anxious, all these things are human things. And God knows that that's going to happen in our lives. But rather than telling us that we need to plow through and get it done and act God says, when you feel weary, instead of giving up, instead of just quitting, learn to rest in me. Learn to find your strength in me. Let me hold you. Let me carry you. Matthew 11:28 28 reminds us, what Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are burdened or weary, and I will give you rest. Sometimes, God is not asking us to be busier. He is asking us to do the work of resting. Resting sometimes can be the hardest work that we can do because it forces us to remember that we are not in control and that we rely on God, that we rely on His strength. And so, I just want to leave you with this idea that first we want to rest in God's love. As I said earlier, we aren't, we aren't acting... In order to achieve God's love, we're acting actually out of a place of living in his love. And when we know we are loved, and we know we have that space in him, we feel secure. We feel that we are able to to act and and do what God wants us to do. Because we know that even if we can't today, even if we're struggling today, God is still going to be there and he's still going to hold us. And second, again, we rely over and over on the idea that it is God who must act. That we can labor and we can work and God asks us to do that. But ultimately, he also asks us to rest in him as the provider and the strength of our lives. And so I just want to pray over us today because, um, again, in this series, I know we may have a little bit. There may be some of you that feel like, man, I, I, as we talk about this, I'm just feeling like I'm not enough. I'm not okay. I'm so far behind. And I want to give you a freedom from that today because God wants you to feel free his love and free in knowing that he is ultimately holding you and holding it all. And so God, I just pray right now, God, you see each and every person that is here. You see the people that are weary of trying, that feel like they've gone so far and they can't go anymore. And I'm asking that you would hold those people, God, that they would that they would not feel that they need to somehow get up and check off a box, but that they would rest in your love for them and know that you are okay with them resting because to actually call us to rest. And God, for those who feel like I have someone felt that they are too far behind that there's not enough time for them, God, I ask that you give them a sense of calm, a sense of peace. God that they would find the ability to surrender and rest in the fact that you are the Lord of the rest of their days. God, lead us further into your love. Lead us further into your presence. And thank you so much that your love for us never fails. That it never gives up or runs out. Amen.